0: Hello, friends. Um, Happy fall. I am sitting here with a almond milk chai chi latte, and I am currently very happy. (laughs) Um, So I've been thinking the past couple of weeks, and if you're listening here, I'm hoping that you also get the In the Limelight newsletter that I send out twice a month. And I know that a lot of people are really struggling right now and that that has been very difficult um, and it can be really hard to have your brain focus on things. So I thought that I would start recording mini podcasts to go with each newsletter and I will just give you like a quick update on what's going on with me and I will also kind of give you a synopsis of each of the news stories that are included. So, if that sounds good to you, then I will start today and I will keep doing it. So, I have an exciting update. I am officially getting a service dog. So, his name is Scout and he's being trained in Austin, Texas. So, I visited him this past week and Honestly, it was like one of the highlights of my year. He is so smart, he's so sweet, and he has like the perfect temperament and I met his three trainers and they just are amazing people and they're improving a lot of lives. So in February, Scout will come home with me to Chicago and we will continue his training here with a- another trainer. Um So he will be able to alert me when I am going to blackout or pass out because of the POTS. He'll be able to get me help. He'll be able to get my phone for me if I need help. Um, He'll be able to stabilize me and, like, warn me of these episodes. So I'm just so thankful, and I feel like it was meant to be. And it will hopefully give me a little slice of my life back. So I started a Scout highlight on my Instagram, which is at Allie T. Marasco. So if you want to go look at him, he literally has the sweetest face in the world. Um, So that's really exciting. I have been lacking in the podcast and newsletter category because I've just been so sick this summer. And I know I don't have to explain it to you, but I started back up with like horrible, violent, vomiting spells that I haven't had in like over a year. So they happen like every week and a half or so. And it, you know, lasts for like three or four days, and it has just been terrible. So, that's what's been going on here. But I'm trying my best to get back into this because I think it's really good for my mental health, and I know that it keeps us all connected as a community. So, I'm trying my best. I'm sending you lots of love if you're also struggling. Um, I hosted my Sublime Story Gala in Chicago in August, and Knockwood. Um, It went really well. I think, I don't have confirmation yet, but I think we raised about $100,000, and that's all going to Global Lyme Alliance for research. And a large chunk of that is going to a neurological research study in honor of Casey Passen, my friend and co-chair that passed away last year from Lyme disease. So still trying my best to honor her and what she would want. And um, yeah, so... That was um, another highlight of my summer. I'm going to the New York Global Alliance Gala next week. And I'm going to try to live stream the program. So you should be able to watch that on my Instagram if you're not physically there. And yeah, I think those are pretty much all of my big updates. Um, So I figured that I will just go through the newsletter and... The top news stories with you so that you can be in the loop and feel educated on tick-borne illness and other chronic illnesses. So the first news story that I included is from The Times of India, and it's titled Probiotic Vegetables Are Great for Your Gut Health. Here is how you can make them at home. So essentially, this article talks about how our gut is the center of our health, which I think a lot of us know. Um, and that it aids with our immunity and our mental health, and that our body has around forty trillion bacteria, and most of them are in our intestines. So basically, talks about if you're having health issues, you should rebalance your gut, and one of the easiest ways to do that, or I guess not easy for people like us that probably take so much medication, but they, this article basically recommends um, eating various and sundry like probiotic meals or things that go with your meals. So there is a recipe in here for how to make, it kind of seems like a sauerkraut. It's basically like a cabbage, um, that they make like a liquid for and you seal it in a glass jar. And, um, basically they say that there's no hard and fast rule on like how to consume the veggies, It just says to consume it with your meals or alone or whenever you want and to try to have them once a day. So that is our first article. My next article is from Wabi5, and it talks about, um, and I'm not sure if it's EE or triple E, but basically the mosquito-borne disease that has taken six lives in the U.S., and it warns against this disease. It gives you symptoms. Um, It talks about, which is very sad... The last victim who passed away, Um, and basically it says that 10 human cases in a single year, so this summer, is the largest number of cases that the United States has seen since the 1950s. So definitely something to watch out for. I know that residents in the Midwest, like especially Michigan, are being advised not to go outside, and this article also warns that the dropping temperatures are making like mosquito repellent sprays less effective and that it's still not cold enough for the mosquitoes to die off. So essentially this doctor that's interviewed in the article says that hopefully the first frost will kill them and then people will have a good sense of security back. So I'm very hopeful about that so we do not have any more bug and like vector-borne diseases. We we all know that we don't need that in our lives. <laughs> This next piece is about Crohn's disease, and it's called Drug Resistance Signature Discovered in Crohn's Disease. Um, So essentially, by mapping out more than 100,000 immune cells in patients with Crohn's disease, Mount Sinai researchers have discovered a signature of cells that are involved in a type of the disease that does not respond to treatment, according to a study published in August. This discovery opens the door to identifying biomarkers and tailoring therapeutic options for patients. So personally, I don't know a lot about Crohn's, um, but this seems like a very hopeful, amazing discovery. And hopefully we'll see some of these discoveries for Lyme disease come up too. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been trying my very best um, to cover other chronic illnesses and in the limelight because obviously Lyme disease is not the only one out there. And I really want this to expand into a community for everyone because even though some of us might have different illnesses, we can all lean on each other for support. And I also know that a lot of people with Lyme disease have other chronic conditions because um, Lyme, as you know, can unlock other things. So it's important to be educated on everything. So I don't know who here knows much about Sinsco, but... Um, but basically, it's episodes of fainting due to insufficient blood flow to the brain. And I have been thinking about this a lot because one of my dear friends, Kelsey, suffers from this. And um, I had to educate myself on it after I became friends with her. So essentially, this article talks about how episodes of fainting really need to be taken seriously. And... Um, It can be a serious sign of heart abnormality, and but, I mean, it can also be from, like, a range of other conditions, but um, all of these things that I cannot pronounce that have to do with the heart can cause a person to pass out, and that's why there's a cardiologist from Morris Hospital that says those who experience any kind of fainting episode should immediately see a physician. This particular doctor specializes in treating patients with hearts who have electrical signal disorders. And this article is from the Herald News. So essentially, if you feel faint or you are prone to fainting or passing out, please take it seriously and get help. Our next story is back to um, Crohn's disease. And I think this one was from, like, one of the Fox stations. Let me double check. But essentially, um, a man named Christopher shared his story with Fox 43. And um, he took them through what a day in the life is like to live with Crohn's disease. He's had it for 12 years. And um, he married his high school sweetheart, Janie. And basically, it talks about how life is not easy, but they have found fulfillment in their life still, even though he has his limitations. And they both kind of eat the same diet, and they feel like his disease has actually brought them closer together. Um, This couple has started an Instagram page named Guts and Food Glory to diagnose their lives through Crohn's-friendly meals, which I'm sure are good for people with Lyme disease, too, or any chronic illness. And Christopher's advice to anyone reading this article, or I guess now listening to this podcast is don't give up. Make sure the person that you love that has the disease knows that you are going to be there, that you are their support on the good and bad days. So that is great advice. And I really like that. And then my last story that I talked about, and I just want to um, clarify this. So this was published by the Bay Area Lyme Foundation, a nonprofit um, that obviously is from the Bay Area. And um, they. the title is In Search of a Cure for Lyme Disease, the disulfiram story. And I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Um, my doctor, personally, Dr. Merez in Wisconsin has talked about it as antabuse. So I think that they're the same. Um, But I just wanted to say that I do not endorse using the term cure or cures for Lyme disease because I don't feel like we know enough to know if we can cure it. And people relapse all the time, so I don't necessarily think it's right to say that if you take this, you will be cured, which is not necessarily what I think they're saying. I think they just are saying that it's very promising. Um, So I will read you this little description. What does an anti-alcoholism and drug have to do with Lyme disease? Nothing. Until a 2016 study funded by Bay Area Lyme Foundation found a link. From about 2014 through 2017, two labs on opposite coasts, one at John Hopkins University and one at Stanford, were testing thousands of FDA-approved drugs to identify an existing drug that worked against persister forms of burgdorferi, the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. Why were they doing this? Here's a little background. A spire key, when cultured in a lab, has roughly three different forms. A, a culture with predominantly long or corkscrew forms. B, a culture with predominantly round forms and some microcolonies. And C, a culture with predominantly microcolonies. Most laboratory studies regarding the effectiveness of antibiotics are conducted in cultures on long forms. In this long form, the spirochete is motile and can divide, although very slowly, and consequently, some antibiotics work much better on the long form. However, after exposure to antibiotics such as doxycycline, the spirochete curls up into a round form and some clump together with other spirochetes to form a few microcolonies. These round body and micro colony forms are understood to be a defensive posture for the bacteria. So I do not fully understand this. Um, my it's funny because a few months ago, actually, my doctor started talking to me about trying this, and I was like, okay. And then all this research, like, concept, like just started coming out, and I was like, okay, maybe I should really consider this. So we're thinking about. I see him at the end of October, and we're thinking about um, trying it. So my only hesitation is that apparently this drug can can cause um, psychosis and schizophrenia, and I already have neurological symptoms and psychological symptoms. Um, So that's my hesitation. My doctor did a ton of um, blood work and genetic testing to see if I was somebody who would be more susceptible to those side effects, and he not good. Thinks that there's basically like no chance of me having those. I just feel like, and this is probably a really jaded way to think, that knowing myself and my luck, that I would probably have those side effects. And then it's like, how do you know if you are experiencing schizophrenia because you think it's real? So I don't know how I feel about it. Um, if you have any thoughts about antipsych or disulfiram, please. Send me a message um or any research that you have on it and I would be very, very interested to read it. So that is newsletter number 10 and a little life update. Um, so the newsletter will get sent out October 1st, which maybe is tomorrow or the day after. I don't really know what day it is. Haha. <laughs> um So if you are listening to this before then, then you got a little sneak preview of the newsletter, and I hope you enjoyed it and found it educational. Um, I have some exciting guests lined up for October, and those will probably flow through the Global Limelight site, so I will keep you posted with those links when they come out. Um, And then I am also planning on recording a podcast with my husband, DJ, to answer relationship questions. I'm planning on recording a podcast with my um, very close friend, Danielle, who does not have Lyme disease, but has been very, very supportive um, to talk about friendship with Lyme. And then I've also been doing a lot of research on peptide therapy. And as I always say, I in no way endorse any kind of treatment, but I just find it fascinating. So I will plan on recording a podcast all about peptide therapy and share my um, knowledge with you. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Thanks for listening. As always, feel free to reach out to me at Allie Team Resco on Instagram and um, tune in for my live stream of the Global Eye Alliance gala program that I will do through Instagram. And as always, I am sending you healing energy and love, and um, I will talk to you next time. Okay, bye.